This is an unprecedented season of opportunity for your church. I know I said it, unprecedented. It's like the word of the year, but we really do think that is true. And in today's episode, we're going to look under the hood. We're going to give you the backstage pass behind three churches that are involved in some pretty amazing community service and outreach in the reopening phase. Let's go. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. We're super excited for today's episode. You know, one of the things that we've learned over the years as we've studied churches that have made a difference, as we've studied those churches that are growing, is one of the things that we see is they get their people out of their seats and into the streets to make a practical difference in the life of their community. You know, they answer the question, if our church was to not exist anymore, would anyone notice? Churches that are making a difference answer that question and say, well, yes, actually, there are people who would notice if we weren't here. Today on the episode, we are giving you three examples of three churches that are doing just really an amazing work, uh, making a difference in their communities. I'm excited to have Heath, Johnny, and Eric with us. And really stick around to the whole episode, because I think you're going to see some pretty amazing variety on today's episode. You're going to be inspired. You're going to pick up a bunch of practical ideas. We've got people from across the country. These aren't all in the same region. We're starting with Heath Hollinsworth. He is from Greystone Church in Georgia. This is a three-campus multi-site church, and it was really because of Heath's church that we're doing this episode. Um, They saw a need in their community, and they responded to it. They saw a pain and are offering support. Uh, They think that they have a responsibility to do something about that. And I want to, I want you to listen into what Heath has to say, and I want you to be motivated by what they have to say to ask the same question in your community. What are the needs in your, in this season in your community that you could be meeting? Let's listen in to our first interview with Heath Hollinsworth. My name is Heath Hollinsworth, and I'm the executive pastor of ministries at Greystone Church. We're actually a multi-site church about an hour east of Atlanta. And as with most churches, uh, we've been greatly affected by COVID. We actually paused our in-person services back in March. We moved everything online. We changed a bunch of our staff roles, and then we started meeting back in person on July 12th. Of course, we uh, debated about pushing that date back because that's about the time cases started to surge again in our state, and like everything was up in the air, it felt like. And uh, the big thing was that schools were deciding on what they were going to do, you know, whether they're going to meet in person, meet digitally, uh, do some kind of hybrid uh of both. So uh, the school system at our central campus actually started to start the year completely digital. So we felt like we had a responsibility as the church to do something. Like so many people were hurting. Many people didn't know what to do because they had jobs and couldn't stay at home. And many people were worried for their kids. And man, it was evident we needed to offer some kind of support. So uh, we strongly believe that one of the reason uh, one of the reasons the church exists is to better the communities we're in. So uh, we prayed and asked God, uh, you know, what he wanted us to do. And and he answered and he basically said, listen, you already have what you need to show love to these people. You have so many resources that I've given you, buildings and people and supplies and Wi-Fi. 
he basically just said, listen, just open up your doors. So that's what we did. Uh, so we started something, uh, and we're calling it Greystone Community Care. It's basically an after-school program for people in our community. It's for kids of all ages, babies through high school. Uh, our volunteers and staff offer free tutoring and academic help. We offer recreation and games. We teach Bible lessons and provide child care. And then while all that's going on, parents can hang out uh, with no kids, of course, uh, and sip on some coffee and just chill and relax at our coffee bar. And the best thing about this, or one of the best things about this, is is we can do it all for free. We choose to do it all for free. So it's been awesome so far. Most of the uh, biggest wins have been relationally. Uh, you know, because we've been quarantined for so long, the socialization part for kids to be with other kids and for parents to be with other parents has been huge. Uh, so, you know, several moms that chose to homeschool for the first time have been meeting and sharing resources with each other while our kids participated in the program. Staff members have been able to talk and connect with parents coming to the program. And we've also seen uh, actually some se- several families that weren't plugged in. Uh, they actually came back to church after attending uh, this program. So, of course, helping students with their academics has been great. Some parents have uh, really been struggling with navigating and organizing the uh, digital platform. Staff members have been able to assist and support uh, with some of this stuff. Uh, kids are able to finish their homework with a volunteer, and then they can go play and socialize with other kids their own age. Uh, and then the last thing I would say is just being able to take advantage of uh, the free resources. We often take for granted uh, so many of our resources like Wi-Fi and copy machines and art supplies and school supplies and snacks and recess equipment and all that stuff. And this program has actually given parents and students access to all of our many resources, many uh, which we often overlook. And so, but, you know, of course, with any program like this, there's going to be things that haven't gone well. And most of that stuff is in the details uh, with, you know, COVID waivers and registration, to safety precautions and checking temperatures and having sign-ins, a way to track people who, uh, who's there at all times. But, you know, overall, it's been great. It's been great to see the church be the church. I've told our staff over the last few months, kind of as we're in these uncharted waters, look, we're going we're gonna to make mistakes, okay? It's going to happen. They're bound to happen. But may these mistakes be from a posture of activity rather than inactivity. So, uh, you know, times are changing. We have to change with them. So we can't be afraid to try new things. And, you know, I'd rather for us to make mistakes because we are loving and serving hard rather than hardly loving and serving. So, man, my, my final word of encouragement uh, would be just to not be afraid to start small. Just start somewhere. I think we often take our, our resources for granted. So it may just be opening the doors for a specific time to allow uh, your community uh, in. So anyways, hope that inspires some of you, man, let me know. Uh, reach out to me if I can help your church in any way. Thanks, everybody. Fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing, Heath. Uh, excited to hear what's going on at your church. Next, we've got a brother from the Northeast. Listen, I served in New Jersey for years, and Johnny Ova is from Long Island. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Love what he has to say. Uh, Sound of Heaven Church, incredible church that I want you to lean in and learn from. Johnny, hopefully you can take my joking there. Um, listen, I, the thing I love about what Johnny has to say, again, this is in that whole area around serving. What are we doing to get out and make a difference? Um, I love Johnny 
how he talks about their real focus on discipleship and how they see really this idea of reaching out and doing community outreach is uh, is a part of the discipleship process. They also talk a little bit about their digital platform and kind of the difference that's made in this season, how they move people there. And there's some other kind of excellent learnings uh, through this uh, this audio for sure. Listen, I love it because he talks about how, hey, this is, church is more than just about the weekends. It's more than just about getting people to come to the big show. It's about actually doing something. Let's lean in and what listen to what Johnny has to say from Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Hey, Rich, how you doing? This is uh, Pastor Johnny Ova with Sound of Heaven Church. A little about Sound of Heaven. Uh, you know, Sound of Heaven was planted by me and my wife about 10 years ago, really nine to be exact. Um, and we have a, a bit of a church planting model. But the difference of our church planting model is that it's not necessarily to be just a gathering place for Christians, although obviously we have church on Sundays. But we really believe that the church should be a thread of the community where, you know, when the community's in need, they should be running to the church and not away from the church. And the messages that we give should really be what the gospel is, right? Gospel stands for good news, right? So we really have good news for them. Um, and so, you know, our church is uh, very different in the aspect of uh, we are very outward motivated. You know, um, we we obviously, like I said, have a really awesome worship team. We have amazing teachers at the church um, and people really love receiving and learning and growing in that capacity. But, um, you know, as we begin to um, move forward and, uh, uh, you know, uh, address the needs of the again the different communities which is why we are church planting every every church should kind of have a, a a temperature a finger on the pulse of the community they're planted in which is why kind of boxed in church really doesn't work at least for our model with the way we are teaching we our church is very um our sole focus is discipleship you know, we pour into people, uh, we raise them up, disciple them. We have a discipleship program, but it's more very one-on-one relationship-esque. And then we train them and teach them to pour into one person as well. And we kind of multiply that out um, in, in there. So um, when COVID hit, we kind of had a little bit of an advantage because we have been focusing on our digital aspect and our digital uh, platform, I would say for the last two years. Um, and, you know, it started out very rough with just the camera in the back of the church and then is upgraded tremendously into what we have today, which is a pretty cool little production that we have going on. And we're always tweaking and working on it and adjusting on the fly and just doing different things in that capacity. Um, so, you know, when when COVID hit and they, and they shut all the buildings down, we really didn't miss a beat, to be honest with you. Uh, the only thing that changed was our local congregation was now experiencing our online platform, which was a cool experience for them. And they uh, they absolutely they absolutely loved it. It was it was really it was really great. So. Um, very excited about, uh, about having them experience that. Um, lo and behold, we found out that our community that we're involved in, though, has shut all the pantries down. And the reason why that's such a big deal where I live here in Long Island is because a lot of the elderly and a lot of the veterans rely on those food pantries for food. Now, we do have a VA that does supplement some of that, but there is a big reliance on the pantries to really help the elderly. They don't have to go shopping. They don't have to walk around. It's kind of like, you know, they know what they get. They pull up. They get things dropped off. Now, with COVID, they shut everything down. It was wild. 
So what we did was, obviously, we weren't using our sanctuary at the time. We had completely taken our sanctuary, moved everything out of the way, and turned it into the, a food pantry. One of our, our leaders, uh, Jason, who's also the president of the Chamber of Commerce here locally, was able to get donations from from different businesses, and obviously we got donations from our members, and we really worked together as a team. We held different events, different awareness events, different drives, um, and we had the food over here where people came and picked the food up themselves, or if they did not feel comfortable going out, we had a little online ordering platform where they could place some of the things they had that they needed. We would pack the bags for them, and then we would deliver them to where they were in the community. As well as that, uh, I myself as the pastor was holding one-on-one Bible studies, uh, you know, uh, at my house. We would go to other homes and hold Bible studies in the families. And uh, again, another focus of ours is to really rebuilding, um, the, uh, rebuilding the homes and the fathers and the, 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 the husbands, the priests, um, of the home. So third question, what potholes to avoid would you tell other churches who are thinking about doing something similar? I feel like, honestly, the biggest pothole is the culture and the religious belief of what church looks like. I really do. I believe that churches struggle with doing things out of the box because it's not the way it was always done. And that is the biggest hindrance when we're praying for God to do new things, to use excuses like it's not the way it's always been done as why um, you can't do something new and innovative. Um, And so – I think that's one of the main reasons why a lot of churches struggle during this season is because their lack of uh, creativity and ability to embrace digital church as normal church as if it's some type of watered down church. And, you know, it's a lack of understanding of that. Every viewer is an actual person struggling with actual things and who is listening to what you have to say. And although it's extremely different than a Sunday morning gathering, um, which I prefer personally, but a whole generation after me does not, um, it kind of it kind of it kind of to them waters down church. Um, and that's what we saw a lot of the, the, the panic and going on when they shut the churches down. It's like we can't shut the churches down. You know, this is. You know, illegal. This is against our rights and this is that. And lo and behold, scripturally, it's impossible to shut the church down. You're the church. So the church may have to adjust their delivery, uh, but you can never shut the church of Jesus Christ down. We should always be operating as the church of Jesus Christ, whether they close gathering spots or not. There's always different ways to gather. But I feel like the potholes is our mindset of that this can't happen or this can't be. I saw so many pastors so aggravated and frustrated that it actually started to ruin the messages that they were delivering. It paralyzed their ministry. And really in these times, we have to flow like living water, like Christ. And listen, this was the obstacle that was thrown. Um, myself, I had to make really uh, as best as I could educated choices and decisions um, for the health of my congregation. Um, and uh, trying to get as much factual information as we could. We were closed for a couple months, maybe two. Uh, we opened up first on Long Island before everybody else did with extreme precautions involved. Gave everybody options, obviously, while we're still running online. So people still didn't feel like they had to be there in person. They could still get our online. And our online platform is pretty cool. You can engage with pastors. You can engage with core members. Um, you could do all these things. And and really kind of uh, really kind of set the tone um, of, of, of what the, the vision of the, of the church is, which is great. And, and lastly, what impact have you seen from this? I mean, 
man, we've been getting recognized from the town. Uh, we got offered a radio show locally here now. Uh, so I'm, I'm hosting a show called Sound of Heaven Radio on an FM radio station. Um, we've seen just a, a general excitement of our church and our congregation members. And we've always been extremely active in the community and done a lot of things for people. Again, there's always events going on in our church for community, not just like church gatherings. In fact, very few of our events are legit church gatherings. It's more like we're feeding this one. We're going to host and honor these people. We're going to do a dinner here for these people. We're going to get Christmas presents for these orphanages. We're very big into the sex trafficking awareness here on the island. Uh, so, you know, I think those are really big, uh, really big uh, uh, things that excite the people. But when the church saw how we stepped up during the times of COVID and how we really were very prayerfully considerate of them, but also of the future and what, all just everything that God is doing. I think they were really excited about the impact that we've made. It's like I kind of had the general sense that, man, people were just excited to be part of a church that was actually doing something during a, a, a unprecedented time besides just preaching a Sunday message on Sunday. You know, we always talk about it. We always preach about it. But Push comes to shove. Now we got to live it out and act it. And I think the church was so pumped that they saw the leaders, but also themselves and other opportunities to get involved, get active, and then all the fruit coming from it. Thanks so much for sharing, Johnny. Love it. So good. Well, coming in the end here, we've got Eric Jaffe. Eric Jaffe is a longtime friend uh, from Journey Church in Jacksonville, Florida. This is a fantastic church. I want you to listen carefully. There may be some of you that are listening in that frankly are a bit suspicious of this community outreach, but I want you to listen to Eric very carefully because he talks about the connection between being gospel-oriented and seeing the church make a difference in people's lives, a practical difference. He gives all kinds of good examples of the kind of things that they're doing. He also makes a really good distinction between what he calls, you know, the difference between advertising and then really making a difference, kind of Christians doing good things in the community and making a difference, which I think is a good distinction for us to think through as we're doing uh, this kind of work. Uh, I love also Eric's heart around uh, diversity issues in this season. I think he provides um, some some good insight on uh, those issues that all of our churches are facing in this season. Uh, let's listen to was hear what Eric has to say uh, from Journey Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Rich, it's Eric Jaffe here from Journey Church. So glad to have an opportunity to share with you today. Been watching your ministry for many, many years, learning from it, trying to apply many of the things that we've seen posted along the way. And man, we thank you for your ministry at Unseminary. Again, my name is Eric Jaffe. I'm the pastor at Journey Church in Jacksonville, Florida, www.journeychurch.org. Journey Church is located on the west side of Jacksonville, and we have the pleasure of serving a very diverse group of people in a middle class to maybe lower middle class neighborhood. It's a great honor to see people of all different backgrounds, all different ages walk through our doors. In a canned way, we like to say that we're a church that's real, relevant, enjoyable, and diverse. We try to be real about who we are, the challenges we have, the opportunities that we have as well. We try to be relevant in speaking to the issues of the day. We want to have fun while we're doing it. And as I stated earlier, we're a very multiculturally diverse congregation, especially for the greater Jacksonville area. You asked about how do we practically serve our community. 
First, I would state that our hope is to see the city of Jacksonville transformed by the power of the gospel for the glory of God in our generation. So what that means for us is a few things, that we want to see God at work in our community. And how does he do that? He does it through us. The gospel moves through us to touch the people that surround us. So we want to be out there in the community as much as we can be. So at Journey Church, we we really divide our outreach or our missions into a few different contexts. We do local missions, national missions, and international missions. And I think local is really the stronger portion of who we are. Um, so I'll get to local in just a second. But nationally, we primarily work through Acts 29 to plant churches. Internationally, we work with large groups like Compassion International and also with a few ministries in Israel to really try to make a difference. But we have some work to do on our international relationships. Locally, we really try to partner with about 12 different ministries in any given year to make a significant difference by donating them a tithe of our resources. So particularly as you think of the day and age that we're in with COVID, it gets a little bit more challenging. How do you get out there? How do you plug in? How do you connect with people and meet them where they're at when social distancing is is there? So we wanted to keep doing that. We wanted to make a difference. So we've tried to be creative. If you go back to the beginning of who we are, I think there's a difference between just plain outreach that's advertising on what I would call missions. And we like to do both. So we've done a lot of what I would call simple acts of Christian kindness, where we go out there and do things to just bless the community, like participating in the fall festival and giving away free things to kids or taking pictures with families. And we built a reputation out there in the community. And a lot of people found out about Journey Church because of those various outreaches but I don't really consider those, you know, making a difference in somebody's lives. They tell people that we exist so that Journey Church then has a chance to share the gospel with them. But when I think about trying to make a difference in somebody's lives, we want to touch them tangibly. So there was a few opportunities that COVID really presented us with. Our region is a lower middle class area, and a lot of people really struggled financially during that season. So we were able to partner with a number of other groups, including the Clay County, Florida um, EDC or Emergency um, Operations Center, EOC. And uh, they helped spearhead with the help of a number of us as churches uh, feeding clay. So we were able to not just donate to them financially, but also send volunteers out there to participate in packing or distributing of the food. So we love those kinds of outreaches where we don't see any tangible return. No, Nobody just walking straight through our doors, but we're out there being the hands and feet of Jesus in our neighborhood. Another one that we recently did that was a bit of a combination of both. We partnered with the Clay County Chamber of Commerce and each year they've done a teacher's exposition. And this year we had to get really creative. So we had to do a drive-through giveaway of school supplies for teachers. So man, it was just a lot of fun and it really worked exceptionally well. We might not go back to the in-person version of that. So each year we do give away like backpacks like many churches do full of stuff to kids and we still did that, but we one-upped it and really went out there and tried to be creative in reaching people through those teachers as well. Uh, one of the final ones that I would mention is jails, man. Jails really still hurt. Um, people inside of those places are obviously hurting. They find themselves at a low point of their life, but also 
with an opportunity to hear the gospel. Many have come to know Jesus through those ministries. So each and every year, like the next big one that we're planning for is Thanksgiving is coming up and we provide a gift bag with a bunch of different tracks and information in conjunction with the Bible study teams that we send into our regional jail facility. And we provide a gift bag for every single inmate as well as every single officer who's in the Clay County Jail System. So that's something we just like to keep doing each and every year, and we're going to keep that going. When you talk about impact measurably, I don't really gauge it for impact back to the church, but I think about it in terms of kingdom impact. We don't really care what church somebody lands in. We just pray that they know Jesus and that they land in a life-giving church. You ask about potholes to avoid. Um, Being a diverse congregation, the season was very challenging with all the racial strife that's been going on right now and trying to navigate those waters. And right now, it seems to be a day and age where if you say something, you could get in trouble. And then if you don't say something, you could get in trouble. So as a white Anglo-Saxon pastor, um, pastoring a diverse congregation, we had to be very careful with our words and, and let people know that we really love people, that we empathize with people, that we're there for people of all different backgrounds, but uniquely understand that a certain people group is hurting right now and we want to be there for them and provide that added love for them and that care for them. So words matter right now, I think more than ever before. So we got to use our words with great caution and just make sure that we are expressing the love of Jesus Christ at every turn, because if we don't, man, somebody out there is going to capitalize that and try to turn it around Your final question had to do with impact. And again, I would just say impact is an intangible for us. We don't measure it in terms of people walking through the doors. We measure it in terms of, hey, did we go out there and see lives touch, smiles on faces? Did we get to pray with them? Um, Did we ask them if they're connected to a home church? If not, we certainly would love to invite you to come to ours. But rarely have I seen either from a simple act of Christian kindness outreach or some of the more missional outreaches where we're really not looking for a direct turnaround as well. Never does it seem the following weekend that you have this huge bump of people that show up. In fact, oftentimes it's a lasting impact where you're building that reputation in the community year after year after year. Then finally somebody Uh, has this situation that occurs in their life and they remember, man, I remember seeing Journey Church out there. I remember seeing that billboard that they have. I remember seeing them in the community and then they show up and it gives us that opportunity to preach the good news of Jesus to them. Well, thanks so much for listening in, friends. Uh, Super excited that you took some time to be with us today. But you know what would be even better is if you took some time to apply the lessons from today's uh, audio, from today's podcast. You know, these all of these church leaders uh, gave us great examples of practical steps we could take. And, and this is the season for you to step out and do something different in your community, to do some community outreach. There, outreach. there is pain being felt in your community. This is the time for you to step out in the name of Jesus to make a difference uh, in your community. It'll have a difference not only in this season, but I really do believe for years to come. Well, thanks so much, friends. Cheering for you. We're so honored that you're serving in the church that you serve in. We know that this is... Uh, a crazy season to be a church leader, uh, but we're in your corner. We're backing you. We're cheering for you all the way. Uh, here at Unseminary, we like to say that we're always helping church leaders, and we're thankful that you tuned in today to this special podcast. 